Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Welcome back to the channel, and welcome to episode... Oh my goodness, I don't even know which episode we're on at this point, because today has been quite a crazy and hectic day. Uh, sorry again for being late. Merry Christmas, everybody. For those that uh, forget, not only is December 25th the feast of the Nativity of our Lord, uh, of course, Christmas Day, but there are also the 12 days of Christmas between Christmas uh, Day itself and January 6th, which is the Feast of the Epiphany, or of the Three Wise Men, Three Magi. Uh, it is another important feast day, and we have in between these 12 days of Christmas, and so it is still appropriate uh, today, as it is and will be for the next several days, to say Merry Christmas. So I hope everyone had an amazing Christmas Day, that you were able to spend that with your family, and that you are continuing to have an amazing Christmas here on episode 476 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, was finally able to pull that up, where tonight we're going to be talking a little bit about the Christmas box office, we had some new films that came out on Christmas Day, and also a little bit about some of the best and worst, some of the winners and losers when it comes to the box office in 2023, as I have recently started to finally uh, sit down and look at the charts, I love doing charts here on OMB reviews, and been able to start collecting together not only, of course, the massive losses from Disney, but also trying to see how the other studios did this year. And so I have some, some early numbers. Uh, nothing is, of course, official yet, but we do have some early numbers to be looking into and very excited to talk about that with y'all tonight as well. I do also just want to say... As I go through this, again, apologies for the late stream. Uh, Baby Thor went out with with the grandparents to an amazing place here in in the um, you know wider Chattanooga area called Rock City. A lot of people know about Rock City. It's it's a, it's a very well known entity within this area um, because they have their their Christmas lights up around this time. And so they got to go originally. It was supposed to be them and the Lady Freya. However, the Lady Freya is sick uh, and has been sick, unfortunately, all day. And so uh, luckily, thank goodness, we've had, uh, you know, grandparents here to be able to to help out around uh, with with a three-year-old, with baby Thor and with the, the baby Sif, uh, both of whom are doing fine. They are, are luckily not sick. Um, but obviously, you know, especially with baby Thor, he, he's still a toddler. He's still a three-year-old, so can be a bit of a handful at times. But uh, I've kind of been having to pull double duty a little bit today, uh, handling different feedings and everything. Uh, so anyway, I had to try to get her ready for bed and then had to get him ready for bed. And so, of course, I know that you guys are still one of the best in the business uh, when it comes to audiences. And so I appreciate y'all understanding why we had to start a little bit later. And, and also just everything else in between. Um, with that being said, if at any point I am very abruptly ending the stream uh, with a very quick goodbye or anything like that, uh, hopefully now you know why. And people, if they ask in the chat, you can let them know, oh, by the way, you know, Lady Freya needed needed, needed help. Again, I do have the grandparents here who, who are here to help. But of course, they're also exhausted because they were with baby Thor this evening as I was, as I was taking care of, of baby Sif. And so uh, just do keep that in mind. I do have my phone. If you see me looking down, it's because of that. A lot of other stuff just going on, life in general, but otherwise doing great. Had a wonderful Christmas day uh, myself. Uh, Baby Thor was a lot more into this year. The uh, the tradition within the Catholic Church called the Jesse Tree. Um, some other Christian denominations might have it too, but the Jesse Tree is, is very much you know rooted in um, you know, rooted in Catholicism, and it's a very beautiful tradition. And uh, my wife, who's a brilliant artist, uh, much more than I think that she even realizes, was able to make this very beautiful uh, hand-painted uh, tree and was able to essentially make a makeshift uh, Jesse tree because I bought these new ornaments and had just not had the time to try to get something a little bit more official going. And uh, about, you know, <laughs> three weeks into Advent, uh, finally, she was able to, with, again, the very busy schedule she has, was able to, to to get something together, and it ended up looking great, and baby Thor was very excited because the type of ornaments they were were ones that he actually got to walk from the table and hang them on these little hooks, and he was really getting into that um, and appreciating that. Obviously, he doesn't get all of it yet. He, You know, when he hears 
uh, things like you know original sin, you know Adam and Eve, the you know Noah's Ark. He gets things like people, boats. The one that he's been most obsessed with, I will say, is uh, the prophet Isaiah. There's the the passage in scripture that talks about the burning coal um, being given by one of the angels, right? The tongs being used uh, to press the burning coal to the mouth of Isaiah so that he can have his mouth be purified, so his words can be purified. And there's an image in an older Jesse tree that we used last year where it actually shows the coal and also Isaiah, and he every morning would see it and say, oh no, his mouth, it's being burnt. <laughs> and trying to explain that to to a child where we always say, you know, don't touch hot things, hot hurts, uh, you know, don't put your hand in the fire. Uh, having to explain why this is kind of a good thing, it's 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 tricky, it's tricky. But uh, other than that, we, we had a wonderful Christmas. Uh, uh, baby Thor had a great Christmas as well. And uh, things are going great here. All right, let's go ahead and say hello to the people in the chat before we talk about things. Also, uh, last thing, last, I guess, point of point of order. Uh, I'm going to try to wrap this up around 9 p.m. Eastern, so in about maybe 50-ish minutes. Uh, again, sorry for being a shorter stream tonight, but I know that y'all understand these things. Here in the Steadfast in the chat, what's going on? Here and welcome back. We got Corey Cochran. What is going on, Corey? We got Keely Chow hanging out. What is going on? Thanks for laying down some of the rules. Uh, hopefully I answered those questions. Kili Chow, hope you had a wonderful Christmas yourself, good sir. We got the man with the orange hat. Thank you for being the king mod here. Listen to his rules. Don't spam, be polite, and and things will go all right for you. And if you have a comment or question, as Orange Hat says, please put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment, at Odin. It lets me know that you're trying to get my attention. It helps me be able to decipher out who's talking to me, who's trying to get my attention, and who is just talking in the chat, because you're more than welcome to uh, to talk to people in the chat as well. Um, also, I think that uh, X recently, Twitter recently, launched something new in their broadcast stream feature. So if anyone is happening to come across this stream and watching it on X, there is supposedly now a chat box there. I don't know if it's going to work or not. I know that also the software that I use apparently can integrate with it so that I can have it all in the same place like I have right now, this integrated chat window, which is just, it's been a huge lifesaver for me. Um, however, I think I might have to update the software, which I've not updated in quite a while. So uh, I will look back every now and then to see if anyone's left a comment there. Um, but uh, anyway. Print screen in the chat. What's going on? Gary Banjo Sandwich Worthington. What's up, brother? He says, hope you had a fun Christmas and enjoyed all the films you watched and reviewed on Criticlist. Yeah, if you want to keep up with the films that I'm watching and my thoughts, Criticlist is the place to be. I don't have a lot of time these days ever since, you know, the baby Sif was born. Being able to to record outside of the normal times that I normally stream or the normal times that I record videos for my box office preview and breakdown it's harder to do for movie reviews. So because of that, I, I've basically been, you know, dedicating everything there. Uh, and, if, and if anyone's ever followed me on Letterboxd, I was keeping that up to date for, for a while and I've pretty much left that behind. So if you want to keep up with what I'm watching, uh, things that I've watched, my thoughts on them, check my, check my account on Criticlist. If you join there, there's also different groups you can join. One is recommendations one. So if you want to recommend movies for me to put on my want to watch list, that would be a great place to go to do that. But yeah, I've been watching tons of stuff. I don't know about y'all. I put this, of course, on the, on the YouTube uh, community page. But I, I put the poll out about what is your go-to Christmas movie. And it's just so funny how many people put Die Hard. And I didn't have that as one of the options. So one person in the in the comments actually said, like, come on, come on, Owen, really? You're not going to even mention it as an option? And I guess for me, when I was making the poll, I was thinking more traditional uh, Christmas movies. So for me, it's a wonderful life every year. Got to do it. Um, but I had some extra time at night uh, to, to watch some other things, too. So I, I watched... For the second time in my life, I'd actually only ever seen it one at a time, and it was, uh, it's it's an amazing little film called The Shop Around the Corner with Jimmy Stewart. Love me some Jimmy Stewart, had two movies of Jimmy Stewart in a row, and I very much enjoyed that, but I will say, some people see it as an iconic Christmas movie, and I can get that to an extent. For me, it's just a really good movie. It's a movie I really, really enjoyed quite a bit. It's not one of those films that really feels like a Christmas spirit movie for me. I don't know. That wasn't that wasn't really what the vibe that I got from that. And I'm in the process now of watching Christmas in Connecticut, which is another one that I know people sometimes bring up. And then my father-in-law uh, had us watch the Christmas, not the Christmas, the Santa. Oh my goodness, I think I just messed it up. Was it the the, uh, the Christmas Chronicles, the Santa Chronicles? It's either the Christmas or the Santa Chronicles. Uh, 
And that that was a very fun movie. That being said, not a movie I feel like I'd ever want to watch again, but still pretty fun. Pretty fun. Pretty solid flick. All right, KK and Rumsky, thank you very much for understanding over on Rumble, holding down the fort over there, uh, saying, watching Beekeeper. Did that film already come out? I thought that I thought that didn't come out until January. How, how did you get access to this? Let's see. Veritas Eterna. What's going on, Veritas? Says, Romans are schismatics since the great schism of 1054, and it shows in the Pope. Watch Jay Dyer and talk with him. He makes great arguments against schismatics and heresy. I will strongly disagree with you, of course, because the only schism that happened in 1054 was the East breaking from Rome. Rome is the center. So Rome is ultimately going to be the center of, of the Catholic Church. So anything that goes away from Rome is going away from the church Christ established. Um, I will say this much. Yes, absolutely. We can look to the modern pope and say there's a lot of problems, a lot of issues. But a lot of times when people say he's the worst pope in history, I think, yeah, you can go back quite a ways to find some pretty bad popes. I think my favorite, I forget his name. I think it's one of the Pope Stevens, maybe. Um, he dug up the corpse of his predecessor to put him on trial. It's called the Cadaver Council or the Cadaver Trial. Literally dug up his predecessor with the goal of declaring his predecessor a heretic so that he could then uh, make sure to basically delegitimize any cardinals or bishops that he had appointed during his time because if he wasn't a legitimate pope, then he would no longer... Of course, right, that was bad, that was evil. And the beauty of the church is that even when bad popes exist because people are human, everything always does eventually get right, right? So eventually those actions get officially condemned. And what the beautiful thing is, is that at no point has there ever been any actual moral teaching that's ever actually changed, right? There's this lie being perpetuated right now, for instance, in the mainstream media that recent events of the Pope have caused some change in church teaching, but that's actually not the case whatsoever. But anyway, I do appreciate you being here, but you are wrong on that account. Let's see. CM Chunk, what's up? What are your thoughts on David Ayer's recent comments that we cheer for movies uh, to fail? I mean, I know that I will say I do cheer for certain movies to fail. I don't want all movies to fail. If a good, if a movie is good, I want it to succeed. Godzilla Minus One, I think that film should be making a billion dollars. I think it deserves that much money. Um, I look at a film like Iron Claw. That film, I think it deserves a billion dollars. If a billion dollars is going to be our standard for success, even though everyone here knows... We know the math a lot better than most other people, right? So we know that, okay, Iron Claw does not need to make a billion dollars. Godzilla Minus One does not need to make a billion dollars in order to be a profitable movie. In fact, it's already profitable. It's already a huge success story. And I hope Iron Claw will will be in a similar category uh, soon. But we also recognize that in today's market, in today's world, a billion is sometimes seen as that, you know, mark of success. So I think that good movies should absolutely succeed. I do cheer for movies to fail if they are bad. Or, or if at the very least, they are films that are, you know, even before seeing them, you know, I, again, I usually save any actual thoughts on a movie before, you know, until I actually see it, because I am definitely of that mindset where if you're giving full reviews or thoughts on movies that you have not seen, I have some issues with that, right? Unless it is something that is, you know, something you don't know, you don't have to have seen the film to know. So for instance, if certain elements in a trailer are presented, okay, you can critique those, absolutely. You can critique elements of a movie if it's being presented in a trailer, because I'm sorry, you've seen the trailer, you've seen those elements, and so you can judge them, right? Now you might be missing key context, and you have to be open then to be corrected if that context is lacking, because you have not seen whatever segment of the film is in context. But absolutely, you can give feedback there. Or if there is enough known about the characterizations being presented to be able to have criticisms of that, again, behind-the-scenes stuff, don't have to see a movie to know what's going on behind the scenes. In fact, more people can oftentimes know more things going on behind the scenes than what is going on in front of the screen, or from the screen, I should say. And they oftentimes know more than anyone else. So I don't really care about what David Ayer has to say, though. Uh, the whole release the air cut thing, I, I don't care for. I think the whole movement and all movements like that are are mostly silly. Mostly silly. Ikthulu, what is going on? Great Wuda, what is up? Hail to you. Uh, Bruce, Bruce, by the way, finally was able to go to the P.O. Box today. Thank you very much for the very beautiful Christmas letter. Merry Christmas to you and the missus. J.S. Pena, what is going on? Ahoy! Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Um, I was not pulling a Gary because I gave notice, unlike Gary, I give notice. 
I know myself and I know when things are not going the way I had hoped as far as timing. And so I put a comment in the chat early saying, hey, probably won't start on time. I'm hoping to do so. And I gave an update as soon as I as soon as I possibly could. So very rarely do I not update. That's pulling a Gary is when things are just wait, when are we actually starting again? When are we actually doing this? Let's see. Rob D. Time to say hello, Odin. I hope you had a great Christmas. I got Blu-rays. I got all seven Mission Impossibles, John Wick 4, The Menu, and Miracle. Nice. That is an excellent list. Yeah, I got some Blu-rays this year. Uh, there was just a variety of things that, that I had requested. Once you're a dad, especially, um, when you have a toddler and you have a, uh, you know, a, a, almost, you know, actually just turned three months. Crazy. Crazy that she's already three months. Um, you start to just request different things, especially what's whatever's going on in your life. But I did get actually two Blu-ray collections, uh, one of which I'm digitizing um, actually right now. So this was on sale for Black Friday, and so I thought this would be a good one to put on the list. So I got the entire Dragon Ball Z collection. Oh, yeah. Any Dragon Ball Z fans? So as you can see, I'm already digitizing some of those right now. So very excited to dive back into the world of DBZ. Dragon, dragon, ball, dragon. Now, I will say, uh, as you all know, I'm very much on team subtitle, team sub, when it comes to anime, uh, when it comes to, especially when it comes to uh, rather live action, right? Anything that's in a foreign language, uh, for sure. But anime in general, also very much on that team. When it comes to this, though, I did grow up with the English voice actors, and so I do prefer the English voice actors. I have not actually given enough time to the original language but I'm hoping that these, I think that these come with both, but we'll have to wait and see. The other Blu-ray collection that I was able to get was the Dutton Legacy Collection of Yellowstone. Uh, again, very, very powerful show, very well-written show, very dark show. But what I love about this one is that it also includes the entirety of 1883, which was a prequel series that was a spinoff. But it does not include anything from 1923. I thought 1883 was fantastic. 1923, I will be honest... There's a lot of things to like in there, but the entire subplot that's making all the Catholics look bad and look evil, and a lot of it seems to be rooted in all the nonsense that happened in Canada. You know, in Canada, there was the whole lie, proven lie now, that, oh, there were all these mass grave sites because these schools existed and, and the church members were so bad. It's like, okay, yeah, in any part in history, no matter what group you're a part of, even if you're a part of a church or another denomination of a Christian church, any group that's in charge of anything, there's going to be times in which it is corrupt. It is built into human nature. So the fact that shows like 1923 try to you know have an entire storyline that was kind of rooted in that idea, at least it seemed to be very rooted in that idea, of that you know overblown lie, disgusting. Uh, let's see, Great Wuda, time to say, I need to add that I'm disappointed that Jeremy Johns did not put Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 on his top 10, but I loved his number one. Oh, I agree, Great Wuda. Uh, if you've not seen his top 10 list, he just put it out earlier today, and I agree. I thought that a lot of the films on that list, very respectful, very uh, happy to see them there. One that I actually am interested in is one that was towards the bottom of his list, which was the documentary Still. I do like Michael J. Fox, and so I'd be interested to find out a little bit more about that but yeah i think that it is sad yeah absolutely that that film did not even make the cut and especially when he adds that it was hard for him to come up with 10 movies this year to put on his list the fact that that one didn't even make it uh as even an honorable mention was that was very very sad i think a lot of it though is stemming from something where he was a bit consistent uh when he says he, he wanted a story that was actually not just going to be a part one Right, he wanted an actual complete story. The one exception, of course, he he, he admits this. He says the one exception that he makes is to um, what he did with the. Sorry, family is here. So if you hear anything behind me, it, it's 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 the shower running. Um, so anyway, I got distracted for a second. I was warned that that they were showering, so it's all good. Um, but he did put the Across the Spider Verse film in there. Um, but obviously he was a bigger fan of that than, than I was, but I agree. I think 
Dead Reckoning deserves a spot. I think it's one of the best films of the year for sure. Uh, by the way, I did post this on the various platforms. So if you did not see it early on, there is a link. So right now the voting is open for the Raven Awards categories. So for those that don't know how this works, every year we have the Wednesday Raven Awards. Now just more simply put the Raven Awards. And it is our, our, our boycott of the Oscars. We say Hollywood is corrupt, is stupid. And so we're going to have our own award show. We're going on, I think, now the sixth annual. So we've been doing this for almost five or six years. It's kind of crazy to think that we've been doing it that long. Uh, but we have different char- different types of votes that happen. This is the first. Usually it's the least voted category or the least voted uh, section. And it is to either keep or change the categories that we have. So again, I did post that uh, earlier in the chat. I'm not going to post it over and over again because this is really not one that is going to make too much of a difference, I think. It's, it's a pretty overwhelming vote, I will say, uh, this time around. But I wanted the people to know just so they had an opportunity. So things like, you know, best movie of the year. Do we keep that category? Do we change the category? Do we change the name of it? Uh, my favorite is the Kathleen Kennedy Ryan Johnson Award for Excellence of Crap World Building. It's a mouthful, but you know what? That's kind of the point. It's kind of the, the point of the award itself because it's again, the prestigious award for the most uh, awful movie, right? The worst movie of the year is essentially what that is. So if you want your voice heard, go check out that link. I've also posted that in previous days on my socials and on the uh, YouTube community page if you want the link to it. Let's see, Cthulhu. I say we pull a Jesus and flip the tables and upend all the categories. Cthulhu, you would. Yeah, there was definitely someone who early on uh, got their votes in. And let's just say they were very salty. They were very, very, very salty. Uh, A lot of uh, too much research needed. Um, And some of them, again, I understood the criticism for sure, right? Uh, Of like, oh, this is too complicated. People don't understand it. Okay, I get Um, But the ones that said too much research involved, it's like, bro, seriously, if it's too much research to find out what the best low budget film of the year is, I I mean, (laughs) dude, come on, man. Come on, man. Early voter. I don't know if that was you, Cthulhu, but someone did. I don't know why. I don't even know if he's here, but it had the it had the markings of Hardwick, had the markings of Hardwick, my arch nemesis. Prince Green, Merry Christmas to you. Steven, hope you had a great Christmas. What was the highlight uh, for gifts? So I, I think that the ones I mentioned were, were, of course, fantastic. My wife got me uh, some beautiful, I think they are leather bound, actually. And it's the it's these extra stories of Tolkien. Uh, so very excited to, to dive further into that. It's volume one, volume two. I didn't know of it uh, beforehand. So that one was really great. And I think ultimately... My favorite gifts were actually some of the ones that Baby Thor got because we have been, you know, running out of ideas with some of the toys we've already had. Um, so we got a lot of different extensions for certain toys, like the Brio trains we have. We have more of those, amongst others. So, yeah. Let's see. Ambrose Chamberpot, what's going on? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Mike Hamilton, what is going on? Welcome. Let's see. Ambrose, who is a member, says, did he just say Dookie O? No, it was do keep. Yes, do keep. Come on. Bruce, what's going on? We got Carl, Carl in the chat. What's up? Kincaid Rumsky, I recommend you bring the Old Testament in slowly when teaching Thor. Some of that stuff is harsh. Um, Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> I would definitely say so. Probably should hold off on the story of Isaac for a while. Wait. That's his... Moses was his... Wait, what? Wait. <laughs> that's... <laughs> Uh, it's like Abraham. Wait a minute. That wait. Abraham is his dad, and he's sacrificing his son. What? What? <laughs> dad, <laughs> dad, what's going on here? Oh man. Let's see. Your average patriot nerd. What is going on, uh, Stephen? Yeah, I just uh, mentioned the Jeremy Johns list. I did see that. I do plan on uh, making my own best and worst list. Soul Assassin, howdy, Odin Chat. Hope you all had a great Christmas. Hope you had a great Christmas, too. Print Screen, Titus said, do you think that any movie has a billion-dollar potential for next year? I haven't really started looking ahead to next year. That, that's definitely a topic that we will talk about in the future. But off, off of the top of my head right now, there aren't a lot of contenders. So, see, Abomination. Odin, I just bought my first couple of movies, which brings my total to five. 
Got Shrek 2 and a double feature of Muppets. I wonder what other random movies the store has next weekend. Interesting, Abomination. Should build up that collection for sure. Steven, will you post a movie review for The Iron Claw? If so, when? Still debating to see that or Godzilla Minus One. Kind of in a budget right now. Probably not a dedicated movie review. So, Steven, go check out my Criticless account. Criticless.com. You can check it out for free. Check out my profile at OMB Reviews. And you can look at my review there to see my thoughts on it. See, Heartbreak Ridge says, let me echo Chris Gore and strongly recommend A Disturbance in the Force, a documentary about the infamous Christmas special, an entertaining and amazing look at the moment in history. Yeah, I've heard of that one, Heartbreak Ridge. So thank you very much for the reminder about it. Oh man, it's it's, honestly, it's so historical. Master of Gaming, what is going on, Great Wuda? Christmas with a Joker for me from the Batman animated series. Watch it every Christmas. Nice. Cthulhu, isn't Christmas in Connecticut just Holiday Inn edited? Uh, I don't know. I actually don't think I've seen Holiday Inn. Tina Guzman, what's going on? Merry Christmas to you and the family. Hope you all had a blessed day. Hope you had a blessed day also. Killy Chow, fun fact, comics is not a fan of Jimmy Stewart. Well, that breaks my heart. Uh, I disavow comics division. To, to not like Jimmy Stewart is, is like to not like America. That's right. I said it. If comics hates Jimmy Stewart, he hates America. I think comics should probably look into the military record of Jimmy Stewart. Oh, the it was a very different age in Hollywood back then. You had actors who actually served. So before before he starts throwing shade at Jimmy Stewart, he should probably look up uh, his service record. But also, Jimmy Stewart's amazing. Come on, Merry Christmas, Bedford Falls. I love it. <laughs> Great Wood wants to see the beekeeper. It looks interesting. Kind of looks like every standard uh, film now that that features uh, Jason Statham, which I, I'm kind of gotten over at this point. Uh, Tina Guzman, time to say, I just rewatched The Muppets Christmas Carol. Definitely one of the best movies. I agree. Uh, it's one that I've been trying to to find. Orange Hat, finally YouTube kept blocking me even though I don't use an ad blocker anymore. That is just silly. And are you sure? Is it built into the browser by chance? I know that some browsers... Um, like Brave Browser, for instance, has some of those things built in. Abomination, I was just joking when I said wait till movies have their own equivalent to early access and day one patches like video games, which release broken or unfinished. I did not expect for Snyder to make it a reality with Rebel Moon. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of insane how Rebel Moon was actually made and that Netflix planned for it to be released incomplete. And that's what's, it makes me hate the movie more than I already do. Because the movie's just not good. And it's almost as if they were like, well, we have to do this because the people who hate you, because they act as if people just hate him for the sake of it. It's like, no, people like me especially, there might be people that hate him just to hate him. No, I, I think there is legitimate criticism of his filmmaking across the board. So... To try to argue like, well, there's going to be people that are going to be critical of you no matter what. But what we can do is put this out. Your your fans are going to love it because they're going to love every, anything you put out there. But then we're going to say that there's going to be a huge director's cut that will be released later on. And then they'll be able to say, well, you know, have you seen the director's cut? Because director's cut fixes everything. And it's like, well, actually it doesn't. It fixes maybe some things, but it's still a bad movie. Is this the case with every film he's done that has had a director's cut? But I digress. Golden Rage Pop, who is on Rumble right now. What's going on? Have you seen the new movie Christmas in Kenya? It's about Santa putting an end to... (laughs) You had me. Golden Rage Pop, you had me. (laughs) Ah, There it is. It's about Santa putting an end to sub-Saharan African slave trade. (laughs) Oh, I wasn't ready for it. Those Those are my favorites. Those are my absolute favorites. Shouts of Gold Range pop over on Rumble uh, for that one. I love it. Uh, Daniel on Odyssey. What's going on? Orange Hat loves DBZ. It's pretty great. Thanatos says, I got the complete Rankin Bass Christmas collection. Blu-ray has 18 Christmas classics. Nice. Um, Yes, that, that would be the one that features Frosty the Snowman, if I am not. My, my son had never seen the OG Frosty the Snowman uh, cartoon, and I remember seeing that logo at the end of it. Lee Mitchell, what is going on? 
Kigane Rumsky says, maybe that early voter was Ryan uh, K. No, because Ryan would have known all of them. Let's see. Hardwick says, there he is, Hardwick, my nemesis. I filled out the poll, but I did not write too, re too much research required anywhere. I did suggest a few category name changes, though. Yeah, those I appreciated. There were some in there that that just offered name changes, and those those are the ones that I actually do uh, I do appreciate the most and make me think. Let's see. Uh, Cthulhu says, nah, it wasn't me, but did vote. Looking forward to a very interesting awards ceremony. Oh, absolutely. It will be incredibly interesting. No, no doubt about that. And I know that I did get a later start today, but still 64 people watching on YouTube. Thank you all very much. And of course, we have our audiences over on Odyssey and Rumble in varying degrees. Yes, I know, right? Kikane Rumsky. The conversation about Isaac and Abraham is going to be a very interesting one with baby Thor. John Edgar, what's going on? Mike Hamilton, what is up? Uh, Forever Sci-Fi, Susume comes out on Blu-ray in March. I might have to get that one. I, I feel the same way, but man, it's overpriced. Every th every time I check the My Movies app, which which keeps track of all the different deals that are happening, oh my goodness! Like the the versions that I'm seeing are fifty dollars and th and uh, and I'm pretty sure the fifty dollar one is just a three disc edition. And it's like, I'm sorry, like I I love that movie, but fifty dollars for one a Blu-ray, and two for a three disc collection. That's way, way, way overpriced. So I'm definitely holding off on that one. It doesn't come out till March. They're going to drop that price. I don't think a lot of people are going to be buying that thing at full price uh, this early on. Or at least close to full price this early on. So, all right. We're going to go back into the chat in just a little bit. But I did want to, of course, because as I mentioned, we're only going to be able to stream probably for another 23-ish minutes or so. Because uh, family is leaving tomorrow and... Uh, everything I mentioned at the beginning of the stream. If you missed the beginning of the stream, uh, some people in the chat might be able to catch you up. Just a lot of chaos here right now, which is why the stream was a little bit late and, and also why we're streaming a little bit uh, shorter of a stream tonight. Let me just go ahead and check over here. No one's in the chat. I'm going to assume no one's going to be hanging out in the Twitter chat, so I'm going to close that for now, but be interesting to, uh, to have that up in the future. So the first things for us to talk about uh, as we had mentioned earlier, are what's going on with the box office for Christmas, right? And so we'll just do that very, very quickly. Pull this window up over here. So Christmas Day, we had a few new movies. We had The Color Purple Open, which is a remake of a film from the 1980s, 90s? I believe it's an early Spielberg 80s, 90s uh, film. This is a musical uh, rendition, 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 uh, which is produced by Oprah, amongst others. And uh, right now, so far, I've heard some pretty mixed things about it on critic lists. They think there's maybe one or two reviews, and both have been quite mixed about it. And the movie opened to $18.1 million. So this is definitely a film that it's too early to tell, but it did cost about what I thought it was going to, which is $100 million. And I think and would not be surprised if this movie had a very uh, similar run to another musical that came out, another musical remake that no one was really asking for, um, as was the case with West Side Story. The difference, I do think, though, that exists with this movie versus West Side Story is that there is this, this almost this change, this adaptation that's going by, right? Um, in the original one, I think there's music. I've actually never seen the original Color Purple, but I do know that over time there has been a, a musical version on like Broadway and stuff like that that has been brought on screen, so I, I'm, I, I assume that it's different. Please correct me if I'm wrong. If if they're both musicals, the original and this one, and it's the same music and everything, um, then then please correct me on that one. But I, I think I think that there's a small difference there. If not, it makes it even more uh, of a worthless uh, you know <laughs> remake reboot, as it were. But let's go ahead and actually try and see if we can put this up against that because both of these films. Right, whether it's the uh, remake of West Side Story, and we like to do things here live on OMB Reviews. So let's see, West Side Story 2020. Well, just for inflation, just to be fair. Uh, so right now we have $18 million as far as its opening day. So actually right now it's doing better, but it is going to be a very, very weird release schedule because West Side Story had a traditional release, right? Got a release on a Thursday, 
Um, let's see. That got actually released early December, which is why there's that difference there. But it only ended up making around $75 million worldwide. So based off of that, and also this film costs over $100 million when you adjust for inflation, even at just $100 million, though, West Side Story was a massive flop. So Color Purple is in a much better direction right now. But early on, $18 million, it's a movie that's not going to have a lot of appeal overseas. It's going to be mostly a domestic audience uh, maker. The question is going to be, does it do well over the holiday frame? Right? Does it continue to do well over the holiday frame? We won't really know until tomorrow when we get the Tuesday numbers because all we have right now is the Christmas Day uh, metric. So do we see a drop-off? What kind of drop-off do we see? What kind of weekend numbers do we see? And do we see anything happen over the course of time? So again, I think that right now, Seems like it's going in the direction to do better than West Side Story. Still needs to make $250 million, roughly, to actually break even. Somewhere between $250 and $300. I just don't see that happening for this movie. I've been surprised before. And hey, you're in a lot better direction than West Side Story was at the point of its release. But still is something that it has to actually contend with. So we'll, of course, follow those numbers and do a full preview and breakdown as the days go by. Let's go now back to the numbers main page, if it'll ever load. I guess a lot of people are trying to access it right now for some reason, maybe. I don't know. Come on now. There we go. We also have some other new movies like The Boys and The Boat from MGM. So believe this is therefore an Amazon released movie. $5.7 million there. Really don't know a whole lot about that one, to be perfectly honest. Um, so $5 million doesn't seem that great. I don't have a budget to be working with here. Let's see if we can maybe quickly find that with a quick search. See if we have anything that has been verified as far as the budget is concerned. Nothing yet, but knowing what I know about Amazon-produced movies, they can usually cost quite a bit more than what they should. So $5 million, probably not the best start. And then we, of course, also have Ferrari that just got released as well. I've been hearing some mixed things about uh, about this one, this film costing $95 million. So I can absolutely say 3.9 million that that is not going to cut it. Ferrari off to a very rough start at the box office. Of course, it is still early days. And when we have just one day of information to go based off of, but still those are the Christmas day numbers for the new movies. What I found honestly to be the most interesting, we'll pull this back up for a second, is the fact, just as I had kind of predicted would happen, look what's happening with Aquaman and Wonka. So I said, be on the lookout sometime this week. I suspect you will see Wonka will surpass the brand new film Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. And it almost happened. Right now, the report, according to the numbers, is thirty, sorry, $300,000 difference between Wonka and Aquaman. Wonka being out for 11 days, Aquaman just being out for four. So it wouldn't surprise me if we had on the Wednesday, the Thursday, maybe even some of the days going into the weekend, we saw that flip where Wonka takes the number two spot. I think Wonka is showing it's doing very well over the holiday frame. It is clearly going to be one of those movies that brings in a lot of that younger audience, a lot of the, the family audiences there. I said Migration had the potential to do something like that as well. Notice Migration only made about $5.3 million, so not doing nearly as well. So it seems that Wonka is definitely having a much stronger pull there. We'll wait and see whether or not that, that hold continues on through its second weekend, or rather, sorry, going into its third weekend of release. But so far, things are looking a lot better for Wonka than for Aquaman Lost Kingdom. Aquaman, as I had projected with the numbers we got from the past weekend, it is set to be a massive flop for Warner Brothers once again. Another massive DCEU flop. Very appropriate for the end of the DCEU as we know it before this new universe gets started off by James Gunn. Um, and Wonka from Warner Brothers is doing a lot better. So the big news that Tony and Nance are running with is Warner Brothers is owning the holiday because all three are being produced by Warner Brothers. Okay, well, when Color Purple still has a lot left to do to make its money back, 18 million is great on a first day for Christmas maybe, but it's nothing compared to $300 million. Got, got a ways to go there. And then Aquaman is set to be massive flop. And then Wonka is the only win where down the line it has a chance of breaking even, but it, it hasn't done that yet. That's where you have to look at it. Just because your movie is number one at the box office does not mean that it's actually a success. But anyway, those those are those numbers there. And Iron Claw, I wish the film was doing better. It is a film, though, where it's not expected to get a massive you know, audience uh, for May 24. 
$1.9 million. It, it did have an increase in overall ticket sales from the previous time, but I recommend seeing it. If you've not seen it, Iron Claw is going to be on my top list for sure. Um, Godzilla Minus One actually saw a Christmas below a million dollars. Um, so uh, definitely on the way out, unfortunately. But hey, I, I think $41 million domestic for a movie that probably in general would not have done so if it had not been as good and had as much positive word of mouth as it had. I think that overall did pretty, uh, pretty good. The Rogue Attraction in the chat. What's going on, Rogue Attraction? He's saying here, no, no, no. Christmas in Connecticut is a very different story. Well, there you go. There you go. Your average patriot nerd who's a member says, if you don't like Jimmy Stewart, you hate apple pie, bald eagles, and the American flag in general. Just kidding, but seriously, I agree. Uh, let's see. The R says, restore the Snyderverse. Patui. No. No. It's disgusting. Hardwick, one of my suggestions was to change crap world building to crap filmmaking. Yes. I saw that. I do like the crap world building, though. I think that it's a little bit more uh, specific. Um, there have been several, though, recommending that I add Zack Snyder's name to that list. So the Zack Snyder, Kathleen Kennedy, and Ryan Johnson Excellence in Crap World Building Award. That might be a fun joke to have is, you know, every year, probably more accurately every few years, if there's a director that really starts to show themselves to be terrible at, build, at building worlds, uh, to add them onto that list that, that could be fun over time. Let's see. Great Wooda says, this is for Abomination over on uh, over on Odyssey. It says, they already did an update on one movie so far. They fixed the audio from week one of Across the Spider-Verse. True story. That's right, Great Wooda. I remember that coming out. My favorite, though, of all time is Cats. If y'all remember, Cats came out the same time as Star Wars did. And, oh boy, was Cats a nightmare. But it was so much of a nightmare, they released it with incomplete CGI, where they had to roll out an update to the theaters the same weekend uh, to fix it. So, oh boy. Abomination. I forgot Twitter ever uh, even had streaming. Yeah, they've been very weird about it, because they've always had it. But ever since they decided to drop, um, oh my goodness, Periscope. I think that it's been it's become a little bit more of a confused bag because they have spaces, but then their live streaming is different. Um, and then you have to go into the producer, right, the Twitter production site to create the streams, and it's very finicky. If you schedule a stream, for instance, to start at 7, even if you start the stream early, it will not actually start broadcasting until 7. If you go over the time that you've you've set aside for yourself, it will cut off. It's very, very finicky. I don't like it. See, Tuna Guzman says, uh, no need to apologize. We all understand family comes first. I appreciate that. Steven says, are you excited to see him punk back in the ring? Or you kind of, uh, or you think he kind of lost it? Can't wait for Royal Rumble. Hope he wins. I hope he doesn't. He doesn't deserve to. He doesn't have it in the ring anymore. Um, his AEW run proved that he's still great on the mic, but he can't wrestle. You know, he, he, he's someone that could be fine as a manager, uh, commentator. I think those are things he still excels at. And, and maybe going for the, the, the mid or lower uh, card, maybe that inter, inter, you know, intercontinental title uh, mix. But no, I, I don't think he should be the one to, to be champion, at least at this point. For all I know, he could be going through some great training and could turn things around. But right now, I, I don't think it. Uh, Sailor uh, Mercury, what's going on? Ambrose Chamberpot says, much less music in the Color Purple musical movie. Less music? Whoa. Not what I expected at all. Prince Screen, do you think Mission Impossible 7 would have done better if they released it now? Um, I don't... I think any release almost would have been better than how they released it. They, they released it at the worst time they possibly could have. And then they also did that very weird release where it got released earlier than than what is normal. And I think a lot of people weren't really ready for that. I still think the best weekend probably for them over the summer would have been to go up against the Indiana Jones film. Now, that's something that we can only know in hindsight. Many of us speculated the film would bomb, but it was still an unknown entity for sure. Great Wooda. I don't think the original Color Purple was a musical, but I do remember seeing they made a musical on Broadway. Yeah. Great Wooda. The Color Purple beating Aquaman. Yep. Yes, indeed. Now, again, some are going to say, well, Aquaman's only been out for four days. It's like, yes, but 
the fact that it's also only $300,000 ahead of Wonka in a single day tells you also a lot, right? Not only is Aquaman not the number one movie on Christmas Day, it's also barely the number two movie on Christmas Day. So, yeah, definitely a lot to be said there. Let's see. Harvey says, I have a suggestion. What about one stream per month in which box office numbers are strictly off topic? I would... Uh, it would switch things up again. Uh, maybe, but here's the thing, Hardwick. We talk about such a wide variety of topics throughout every single stream anyway. Um, I don't think it's necessary to, to do that. And let's be honest. I, I'm primarily a box office channel at this point. So, and I never say no to, to most things that are brought up. Cthulhu is a member. Geez, American Fiction is only on 40 screens. So infuriating. Expected to be the best movie of 2023. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to make those. That's why I, for those wondering, I do not make any of my top 10 worst or best official until mid-January usually. Because there are films that get released at the end of January. And sometimes there's ones that I actually have interest in that I want to see. But before I actually make any uh, you know, final conclusions on anything. All right, we're going to jump into the last bit of of news today, just talking about some of the best and worst in the box office. But I did want to try and get through as many comments. Amherst Chamberpot says, DCU under new management, under renovations, pardon our appearance. And I don't think it's going to be that that much better. Thulu, I fully support calling it the Snyder Crap World Building a World. I think it would be great. Abomination says, oh, yeah. For sci-fi, I classify Snyder more as being crappy at character building. Well, again, just because he can make things look pretty does not mean he's building a world. Building a world implies story. It it implies a world that's lived in, and a world that's lived in requires there to actually be story to support it. Just because he can make things look pretty, and I would argue it's, it's actually not as pretty as many people think because of the color palette he uses. It's so dull and lifeless. King Rumsky, I don't care about the Snyderverse either way. But what is your case against it? Story something else. I mean, pretty much just talked about that, right? It, it's ultimately story. He can't write. He can't write. His stories are terrible. His characters are terrible. And and I think the biggest of all is he overuses CGI to such a degree that it's to the detriment of of every single one of his movies. And And the biggest reason why is because CGI changes so rapidly these days. Most of his movies don't age well. I used to be a big fan of 300, and I know people fight me on this one. I rewatched that movie even just five years ago, maybe, and I was like, oh, this did not age well at all. And a lot of it's because the CGI did not age well. Um, there's still some great moments in that movie, but still. All right. Uh, a lot of things to talk about in a short amount of time, but I did, of course, mention them, so I do want to uh, discuss them. So I'm not doing anything official yet. So just keep that in mind. But here are some early numbers as far as how these movies are doing, these studios are doing at the box office. So we've already talked about quite a bit Disney's box office woes, right? The insanity chart, $1.4 billion roughly. Remember, this is not with the official budgets, so this number will probably go up from that. This also is not with the individual marketing budgets, some of which we actually know they spent more than average on. So again, 1.5 to 2 billion probably will be that end result as far as how much they have lost. I've been doing some number crunching and again in early numbers, Sony actually came away doing pretty decently. As you can see, a total gain of around $60 million. Now, the fact that they put in, right? The fact that they put in, which is kind of amazing for Sony, According to the numbers that I currently have, as far as movies produced by them, $662 million. Let me make sure also that that is correct. Um, Because obviously, obviously, we want to make sure that these things... Yeah, so that is including all the films listed here. Yeah, so 400 plus million total budget, 662 million in total spend, but they only made $60 million as far as net gain profits are concerned. Now, remember, these are all charts using, and I'm, I've am i been driving myself crazy. So, as I said, if there are mistakes, this is not official yet, but this is taking a, 55, a 55% cut from the domestic amount, 40% cut from international without China, China alone, 25% cut for the studio. So, using those metrics here, as you can see, they did have some movies actually make some money. Spider, Spider-Verse actually made around $172 million in net game profits. 
Insidious 5 made $62 million in net gain profits, and those were pretty much the big winners they had. And really, because they spent so little, like that, to me, that's the amazing thing about Sony. They spent so little in comparison to other studios on their budgets that because they had very small losses on several movies, as you can see, most of their films lost money, right? Most of their films did not make their money back. But because they made enough with a couple of movies and because their spend was so much lower, they actually came out okay. So they actually came out in the positive. Uh, Lionsgate, this is the one that is very rough right now. Um, so there are likely more mistakes here. But based off of the numbers that I've seen, they're ending the year around $253 million in the red. Most of those losses coming from Expendables. That was a huge loss from them. Big reason for that one, it made no money. But also, out of its entire international take, $21 million of the like 30 plus million it made internationally was from China, of which they get 25%. So massive loss there uh, for that one. And that one, that one actually cost $100 million for them. Uh, their other major lo- losers this year were films like Operation Fortune, which lost them money. Uh, and then according to this, John Wick Chapter 4, though I think this metric is actually supposed to be in the black, as you don't see the negative there. Um, but again, this is a very early chart indicator here. Uh, let's see, Universal ended $285 million in the black. Um, lots of movies this year for them, a billion dollars. Look, all these movies and still only a billion dollar spend. That's how much Warner Brothers and Disney are overspending on these things, right? So obviously early on, these numbers will change. 89 million right now is the losses on migration. 51 million for Trolls Band Together. 50 million for Strays. uh, 57 million for The Last Voyage of the Demeter. But they made 270 plus million on Oppenheimer. So that was a huge moneymaker for them. The one caveat is Super Mario Brothers is going to have to be probably cut in half because they are sharing those profits with Nintendo. Um, so still, that's going to be probably closer to 200 million in profits for them, uh, 200 plus million for them. So biggest money makers for them, Oppenheimer and Super Mario Brothers. So ended up being able to make up for their biggest loser being Fast 10, 220 million dollars in losses. And you want to know why the losses are so high there? Look at how much money they spent, or rather, how much money they got from China. 135 million dollars from China. They only get 25 percent of it. And so that's why their number is is as high as that. WG just dropped it five gifted memberships at the Army of Asgard level. Thank you very much, brother, for doing so. Um, but anyway, these are the early numbers there. And the poll earlier on the channel asked, hey, you know, what do you think the second worst studio this year was? We know Disney's number one, 1. 1.5 to $2 billion in losses. And most people got it right pretty early on. Uh, it, it's, of course, Warner Brothers. All right, so Warner Brothers had a very bad year. And again, early numbers, as you can see, the numbers for the color purple aren't even uh, you know, officially coming up. I will say, though, that this number currently is accurate because I individually had to put in domestic and international there. So $140 million right now in losses for color purple. That's why I said $18 million is a good start. It's got a long way to go to do so. Augman Lost Kingdom currently looking at $260 million in the red. Obviously, it just came out, so it'll probably make some of that up, but not most of it. Blue Beetle ended as a $100 million plus flop. Uh, Their biggest moneymaker was Barbie. Remember, though, right, $470 million in losses, but it's probably closer to $600 plus million in losses because they have to split that with Mattel, those profits. Um, One of their biggest, in fact, their biggest loss this year um, was, of course, The Flash, $331 $331 million, $331 million. And again, this is assuming the budgets that we received from them are accurate. Um, and and again, not not good, not good. Early in the year or earlier in the summer, I should say Shazam to 120 plus million dollars in financial losses for them. So yeah, Warner Brothers right now is, is likely going to be that next film. And then lastly, since I'm running short on time and I want to get through any last uh, comments, these are not official orderings. Uh, WG Legend coming in. Wow. WG just dropped a hundy $100 super chat. He says, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. WG, bro, thank you so very much. That is very, 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 very generous of you, man. Thank you. 
Um, you're always very generous with this channel and I always appreciate it greatly. So as I was saying, I'll leave that up on here for, for my time. This is not in any official order yet, but these are right now the worst films that I've seen this year. Um, films that either were bad or films that I were greatly disappointed by. That's why Asteroid City's on here. This is that Wes Anderson film that came out. I don't think it's as bad as A Little Mermaid or Barbie, Indiana Jones, Doll of Destiny. But it was so disappointing because it just wasn't good. Um, and wasn't nearly as good as it should have been. So that that's kind of how this list ends up working. But right now, some of the worst films of the year for me are films like Barbie, Dial of Destiny, a film called Ghosted. It's on Apple TV. It's garbage. Don't watch it. Uh, the Flash, The Marvels, Wish, uh, Renfield, Quantumania, Mania, Shazam 2, Little Mermaid, 65. Oh, man, that was a bad one from the summer. Creed 3. Ugh. Stop making them. Uh, knock, of the, knock at the Cabin. Oh, boy. Shyamalan Ding Dong, early in the year, had a pretty bad one with Knock at the Cabin. Uh, Cocaine Bear, I didn't like it. Some people did. I thought it was trash. Asteroid City, Blue Beetle, Aquaman, uh, uh, and The Lost Kingdom, and Rebel Moon. So those are right now the 18. I'm going to whittle those down to a top 10 worst. Um, but those are the 18 I'm working with right now. If you want to see updates on those movies or some of the reviews, I've not reviewed all of them, but some of them, check out my uh, account on Criticless. To see that. And an early indicator, and again, not in any particular order yet, just for the record, these are some of the top movies this year. 16 are on my top list right now, and I will whittle this down as well. I got Iron Claw on there. That's, a, that's again, a new one that's definitely in the mix. Tetris, Apple TV. This is a fantastic movie. I loved it. A lot of people haven't seen it. I recommend it. Godzilla Minus One, of course. Suzume, Mission Impossible Directing Part One. It's that good. It really is. Operation Fortune, Roost de Guerre. Love this film from early in the year. Boy in the Heron. I like it. I like it quite a bit. Great Miyazaki film. John Wick Chapter Four. Great film. No matter what any salty members, any salty nerds out there who might think the film is not as good as, as it actually is. That stair scene is awesome. I don't care what anyone says. Uh, Nefarious. Beautiful movie. Great, the best and most accurate take on on possession. Killers of Flower Moon, very long, very very long, not making money, but I can't deny the fact that it is a great Scorsese movie. It is very very well done, well acted, well crafted. Uh, Guy Ritchie's The Covenant, two Guy Ritchie films on here. Uh, Sound of Freedom, beautiful, uh, important movie. The Creator, very good. Equalizer Three, enjoyed it quite a bit. Gran Turismo, enjoyed it quite a bit. And Attack of the Dock. Quite enjoyed that film as well. So shout out to Chris Gore. Right now, that is the short list for my top list of the year. And with that being said, we'll do some last comments. Then it does Cats. Release the butthole cut. No! Bruce. Oh, yeah. I recall going to see Cats. Yes. I, on that opening night for the Star Wars movie, I saw Cats instead. Yep. That's what I did. And I had a cat shirt. Uh, I think it was, was it Bruce or was it Laura? Y'all are usually the ones that send me that kind of stuff who sent me a cat's shirt and I wore that on, on that night. It was great. Uh, Morak, I was able to pick up the Muppets Christmas Carol on Amazon early today for just under $20 for the Blu-ray. Nice. Very nice. Master of Gaming, Warner Brothers has more hits than people realize like Evil Dead Rise, The Meg, uh, The Mummies, and The Nun 2. I just pointed out the fact that no. Uh, the biggest problem with The Meg 2, remember, is that a lot of that money was made in China. A lot of that money was made in China. And you can argue, well, they had a Chinese production company. Okay, they still got to pay the Chinese Communist Party. So it's not going to shield them from much of anything. So, yeah, no. Warner Brothers, still one of the worst performers of this year. Abomination, so shocking that people aren't flocking for a movie that keeps pushing the idea that using fuel destroys environment all over the world. Yeah, seriously. It's the, one of the dumbest things in Aquaman is, oh yeah, we used to use that technology, but we discovered that early on <laughs> that it released uh, <laughs> it released fossil fuels into the atmosphere. They actually, uh, I don't even think they used, no, the, no it's not, not fossil fuels in the atmosphere, that it released, um, oh, what's the stupid word they use for it? It's the word that they, they use in modern day. Um, greenhouse gases. Yes, they actually use greenhouse gases. Oh yeah, we found out that that releases greenhouse gases in the atmosphere, and it was warming the planet. That is a plot point in the movie. Oh, it's bad. Hardwick, putting world building in the title of a category that's actually about overall bad filmmaking is inherently confusing. Maybe to you, Hardwick. Maybe to you. 
Domination. Blurry buildings and flowers while only one of two characters are in focus is absolutely pretty. <laughs> How dare you, Abomination? Don't you dare defend. Don't defend that man. Oh, man. Big fat man in the chat. What's going on? WG, again, thank you for gifting those five memberships, man. Uh, Forever Sci-Fi. How much of that is Nintendo sharing with Jeremy? That's a great question. Uh, Lord knows he'll be nominated for sh for Shill of the Year again. Probably for... Uh, <laughs> actually, and again, when, when the nominations open, they're not open yet, but when they do open, specify what the people are shilling for. Uh, in the case of Jeremy, specify what you're nominating him for. Is it his shilling? And he can only choose one movie. So is he, is it because of the shilling he did for Oppenheimer? Is it because of the shilling he did for, uh, for Mario? Abomination. If you cut the profit from Mario in half, then that leaves like 50 million profit total from Warner Brothers. Uh, no, 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 no. Cause again, you have to take that from the actual, uh, cause those are just the raw profits there. All right. And again, it's an oversimplification for sure, but based off of that metric, that's why you would still have quite a bit of profit left over with them. Let's see. Gifty says Tina Guzman. Uh, bump, bump, bump. All right. We are wrapping things up. Great. Widow says Warner brothers needs to stop playing and start production on the Batman too. Seriously. They need money because they're losing quite a bit of it on that. I think that the argument is out there that Max is actually more of a profitable streaming service. Um, it makes sense, not because of Max, but because HBO. HBO used to be, of course, you know, and probably still is very uh, successful in, in the amount of money it pulls in. Because I think it still pulls in some cable revenue, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, I wonder how much of that is connected to Max in some ways. I don't follow the streaming services nearly as much. Ambrose, like Shazam and Flash, okay, I'll leave the room. How dare you, Ambrose? You disgust me. You disgust me, Great Wuda, but I like Ghosted. Bro, no. Look, even I, I like chick flicks. I, I like romantic comedies. That was not it, dude. <sighs> Man, broke my heart. Cthulhu. John Wick 4 was not even close to a good movie. I'll join Ambrose Ambrose and leave the room. Cthulhu, uh, that that's that's fine. You're, you're fine to have your opinion, but your opinion is wrong. <laughs> Remember Sci-Fi, John, John Wick 4 was an exhausting watch. That, to me, tells me that it did exactly what it should have been. Uh, Ambrose, I'm in the minority who thought John Wick 4 was repetitive, hence boring. Repetitive in that it gave you a different fight sequence featuring different filming and featuring different theming. Like, do you realize the amount of, of work and just how brilliant it was? of how they filmed and how they choreographed all of those fight sequences, it would have been repetitive. It would have been repetitive and exhausting if it was the same thing over and over and over again, but they changed it up every single time. I don't, y'all just don't appreciate good filmmaking. That's what I'm, that's what I'm getting from this, right? Print screen. He understands it. Great film. Great Wuda. It's a great film. I, I agree with y'all too. Y'all, y'all are correct in this. Abomination, <laughs> even though greenhouse gases are normal and not inherently bad. Yeah, it's like carbon dioxide is a greenhouse gas and it's evil. Wait, but carbon dioxide is what plants need to create oxygen. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, man. King Kane Rumsky says, incorrect. My opinion is right and yours is wrong. No, King Kane Rumsky, you're incorrect. Oh, I don't know why I'm talking like that. But we are wrapping things up. I love you guys so much. This has been a wonderful quick stream. And uh, again, apologies for jumping on late tonight. Um, and I appreciate y'all always understanding uh, why we have to do these things. Liberty fella on Rumble. Saw Wonka today. Found a perfectly fine family movie. Chalamet was charming young version of Wonka. The music was fine. Good production design. But sad that above average is the new. Yeah, I agree. Liberty fella. That's a perfect review of the film. It's not bad. There's a couple of people out there who are like, oh, it's atrocious. It's like, no, it's not, but it's also not great. And I agree. And that last point Liberty fellow makes, I think is the important thing is that the fact that we live in a world now we're just fine in the minds of some people makes them think it's great. That says a lot, right? It says a lot about our, our current state and, and, and the current state of movies and, and of media right now. But as the list I showed earlier, I hope it shows, right? There's some great films this year. Iron Claw, honestly, guys, it's phenomenal. You don't even have to be a wrestling fan to, to, uh, to, I think, be able to enjoy it. Because it ultimately is telling you this story about brothers. 
And so if you've ever had family, especially if you're a brother yourself, I think it's going to pull your, your heartstrings a bit. It's a tragic story of what happened to the Von Erich family in real life. But going into it blind, too, not knowing, because, again, that's before my time as a wrestling fan. Ugh. Heart, heart-wrenching. Heartbreak Rage, I have many reasons to love John Wick 4, including Ohio's own Clancy Brown, but the isometric gaming combat scene was Chef's Kiss. Ah, yes. So many great, so many great things. Uh, yes, indeed. Good night, everybody. Good night to you, Great Wuda. Uh, cheers to you, Heartbreak Rage. The R, Forever Sci-Fi, Grumko Theraka for the four, I can never tell these, Euro, Pound, Super Chat. Thank you. Thank you. Very much. I appreciate it. Very much so. <laughs> yes. Iktulu, this is the reason why, even though we disagree on things, I still love you. He says, Cocaine Bear told a beautiful story about brothers too. <laughs> uh, only if those brothers are of the same caliber as, You got offended me. You got offended me. I see the and you got a friend in me. If that's the level of cocaine bear, then you would be correct. <laughs> and I love Toy Story. But if you ever listen back to that song and start listening to him, oh my goodness, especially when Woody sorry, when Buzz is is about to fly and Randy Newman hits that high note. Even my when we were we were we we just watched that for the first time with our son, and at that moment, wife and I looked at each other, and I could see my wife like shivering out of just like how bad the note is hit. <laughs> and again, I love Toy Story. I love the music too, but let's just be honest, man. Yeah, <laughs> Randy Randy Newman singing is 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 not best. Orange Hat, the movie Warrior is good about uh, movie Tom Hardy. Yes, agreed. Agreed. Phenomenal movie. Also a great story about brothers. Orange Hat, I think then you would probably like The Iron Claw. Cthulhu, uh, have a wonderful evening. Great New Year. Absolutely as well. So because of that, uh, we'll, we'll wrap things there. Went a little bit over what I was hoping to do. But yes, hope you all had an amazing Christmas. Remember, 12 days of Christmas. So still Merry Christmas. Stay Merry Christmas for the next several days until the Feast of the Epiphany on January 6th. And because of the way the schedule is, I should be on Friday Night Tights this week. So I should see some of y'all over there for those that watch Friday Night Tights as well. Uh, box Office Breakdown should be on Sunday. Should be able to get that out. And then the next stream won't be until next Tuesday, which will be on January 2nd. So it'll be in 2024. Oh my goodness, the year is is almost over. Be on the lookout for more videos. I am working on some breakdowns of the, the biggest winners and losers of the box office. Y'all got a preview of that tonight. And of course, my top 10 and bottom 10 list for movies of the year. But those will be quite delayed. I probably will have a anticipated list out before then because there are some movies I still need to actually go out and see. Anyway, thank y'all guys for being here. Seriously. By my heart, it means so much. Uh, Grumkol Tharaka, WG, thank y'all for y'all's support with the super chats and with the gifted memberships as well. I need to try to see if we have any more ice cream because my voice kind of needs it right now. And with all that being said, you guys are all amazing and beautiful people. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your evening, a blessed Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and as always, God bless.